Welcome to the Rennie Podcast. This is a podcast about everything real estate for the real estate interested. My name is Peter Edmonds and I'm a member of the team here at Rennie. We're a real estate company of about 300 people advising buyers and sellers from first-time condo purchasers to large-scale developers to make smart and informed real estate decisions. We created this podcast as a really concise and consumable way to share our passion for homes, housing, community, and cities. We hope this will spark the same curiosity in you that we have for everything real estate. And all of the documents and links mentioned in this podcast are available at rennie.com. In today's episode of the Rennie Podcast, we're sitting down with members from the intelligence team who've sifted through the latest batch of residential real estate data for September 2020 in the Vancouver region. And we're going to discuss some key insights. Ryan Berlin, Director of Intelligence at Rennie, how are you doing? Good, Peter. How are you? Good. A familiar voice on the intelligence side, as always, and probably a familiar one to our avid, uh, our regular listeners, I should say. Bowen B. and Posse, how are you doing? Business analyst at Rennie Intelligence. Good. How about yourself, Peter? I'm great, thanks. Now, typically, Bowen, uh, we have you come in at the end and give us some of your those micro-market insights, but uh, you're going to do things a little bit differently from now on. Is that right? Yeah, just kind of sprinkle them in throughout the three main insights and throughout our discussion today. Great. And that, that'll provide excellent sub-market context for, for, for a lot of what we're talking about. For sure. So, gentlemen, the headline for September 2020 has been, it's been a really big month for real estate sales in the, in the region. It has. It's actually been a really active three months. Um, and it's funny because, you know, September, usually in the latter half you do see more market activity. It's people really starting to reinitiate their job search or listing their home because they kind of spend the first couple of weeks of September getting the kids ready to go back to school and whatnot. Um, but then in terms of actual sales, the rubber doesn't meet the road until October. That's typically what we see. Um, and this year has been quite different because we had a really, really active September uh, in regards to sales of all home types. Got it. I mean, uh, you know, and and w- there's a big headline there, and I think everyone sees it, and you know, it's it's designed for an emotional reaction, and I think we're going to have sort of more of a uh, uh, thoughtful reaction here to 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 the numbers, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper behind that headline and see what it means because there's some really interesting stories uh, that 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 are emerging here, and um and and it's been a really interesting month. Yeah, and I think most people are reporting on, I mean, to this point, most of the conversations have been around the what, and the what is that we saw 5,800 sales uh, across the Vancouver region in September. But um, what's more interesting to us, and I think more relevant to our listeners, is uh, the why. I mean, why did we see that? Mm-hmm. And so there's three key insights we're going to talk about today as we do in every of these uh, podcast episodes. Um, Insight one being that it's been a September uh, to remember. Uh, Sales have been at an all-time high for the month. And with that, I think that, that, you know, with apologies to Oscar Wilde, uh, reports of the death of the condo market have been greatly exaggerated. And then the third insight that we're going to talk about is how home prices are rising rapidly and and provide some uh, historical comparative context uh, inside of that just to sort of help us all make sense as to as to what's going on. So, Ryan, why don't we get started with uh, with with, with the headline uh, and then we'll dive a little deeper. So, sure. I mean, you know, as you said, it was it was a September to remember. I think it was unexpected that we had as many sales as we did um, last month. I think for some of us that are, you know, watching the market and tracking data literally on a day-to-day basis, I, I don't want to say 
that we predicted it because we didn't. But there are some a number of factors that are conspiring to push up sales, not just in September, but in also in August and also in July. September sales were 5% higher than the next highest number of sales we saw in any September in history. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so, uh, so, so there is some historical context there. So, so paint us a bit of a picture. Uh, take us back, back, way well, back. You know, this was really interesting to me. The last time we saw um, near the number of sales that we saw last month in a September was in 1992. I wasn't was, even born. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was that long ago. And, you know, it's interesting because you might think it would have happened during the heady days of, you know, 2016, 2017. Uh, but we have to go back 28 years. And so the question is, what in the heck was going on at that time? Canada was coming through a two-year recession that, you know, September of 92 was really the tail end of it. And during that time, um, the Bank of Canada lowered its, you know, its policy uh, interest rate from, these numbers sound ridiculous in the current context, but from 15% to below 5% in August of that year. Wow. So we had much more favorable lending conditions. That's in, an eleven percent drop. Eleven percentage in the point drop in yeah. the interest rate. I mean, it's a it's a it's a two thirds drop. Yeah, in relative terms, in wow. the interest rate, and so that is a and so interest rates at that point then were as were, were as low as they had been in the early seventies. So it had been twenty years since any homeowners or potential buyers were looking at rates that favorable, mm-hmm. and so and obviously the rates came down to stimulate economic activity it certainly did within the housing market we had a lot of buyers who sat on the sidelines in 1990 and 91 when sales were depressed because of the recession who then you know entered the market and participated when 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 it, when money was cheaper so it's interesting because those conditions are actually not wholly different from where we are today um, we are in the midst of a recession we've been calling it a suppression Basically, economic activity is is slower right now. Um, there isn't that much spending in the economy, but interest rates are extremely low. And we've also had, um, you know, in the first six months of 2020, you know, we've estimated, and I think I've said this on you know you know previous uh, recordings of this podcast, that we estimate that there were 11,000 homes through the first six months of this year in this region alone that in a normal market would have transacted, but that did not this year. So that's, you know, for us, that is pent up demand. Um, You know, there are people who are ready to buy who didn't, who are probably still ready to buy because they were, you know, they had a newborn or they were going to have a child and, and, and those conditions remain true to this day, their need for more space or whatever. So in the last three months, we've seen about 3000 of that 11,000 home pent up demand um, sort of materialize. And there seems to be a lot more behind that. But just to give you a little bit more context for September, uh, 5% higher than the previous September high, 58% higher than September of last year. So a real market change from where we were last year and 61% above the past decade average for September. So no matter which way you slice it, it was a good month for sales. So we had a conversation a little earlier about September versus August versus October. And in our business, sort of behind the scenes with, uh, you know, with, with the activities of, of, of our advisors, our realtors, and, and with our project marketing as well, we generally see 
us our teams ramping up in late August so that we can we can really hit the fall market. Um, but those sales aren't necessarily reflected in the September numbers generally historically, are they? Typically, they're not. I mean, typically September from a sales count perspective is a little bit lower than August and a little bit lower than October. People are distracted. They're not at open houses. They're dropping their kids off at school <clears throat> and getting used to that new or that familiar routine once again. Um, but yeah, what we, what we saw was, I mean, the seasonal pattern of sales in 2020 is so different from what it normally is. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can throw out discussions about seasonal patterns of sales this year because they were so depressed, um, in April, May, and and even in June as they recovered, which is generally a a very busy time for very busy. Yeah. So they were suppressed during that, the great suppression, as we've, as you've coined the phrase. You know, we, we saw that suppressed uh, spring activity really burst forth in uh, July and August, and then it's continuing through September. Yeah, I think it coincided with um, the reopening of um, BC's economy and a little bit, you know, while there is a lot of uncertainty for all of us <laughs> and our employers and politicians, um, at least there was a certain degree of comfort in seeing uh, a modicum of a return to normalcy um, starting in June. And I think as that happened, people realized like, you know, hey, uh, I still need that. <laughs> We're in a condo. I still need that townhome. We still need that extra space. So let's let's get this done. And, and the reality is that the savings, either the equity that people have built up in their existing home or the savings that they had accumulated over time, much of that, which, you know, might have been, um, you know, in stocks, in equities, was protected. So we saw a big decrease in the value of stock markets early early in the Great Suppression, but the values rebounded to, in some cases, all-time highs. So people still had the resources, households had the resources to participate in the housing market, and we've seen it in spades in the last three months. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, is that, Bowen, you're keeping an eye on on uh, these numbers on a daily basis. And I know we're talking about September's numbers right now, but are you seeing that continue in, 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 into October? What's, what's going on? Yeah, halfway through October, so first 15 days, sales counts have remained elevated. Um, so they've been 15% above uh, October of 2019 and 49% above uh, October of 2018. So you know, we're seeing this 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 trend continue um, throughout October here, and and we'll continue tracking it for the rest of the month, and obviously be back here in November to, to discuss uh, to discuss those stats. Just coming back to the key insights, so with that big with that headline about the big September, there was a, this sub headline that sort of got sprinkled around, and that was that uh, you know. Yeah, but for condo markets. So it was a real focus and there was a lot of activity What uh, was on that ground-oriented townhome and single-family home. Just think of something with a front door. And uh, people have said, well, yeah, but condos were, were, were a little down. But the second insight that we've sort of looked at, when you look cl- more closely at the numbers, that reports of the death of the condo market have been greatly exaggerated. What's Tell us a little bit more about that insight, Ryan. Well, yeah, absolutely, Peter. And I mean, Bowen can share some some data with us in a moment that'll help, you know, um, illustrate the shift, the, the marginal shift in buying patterns that we've seen um, within our market. And it's true when you look at the year over year increase in the sale of detached homes and townhomes, plus 77% for detached homes, 
plus 76% for townhomes. I mean, those are huge numbers. We rarely, if ever, see year-over-year increases like that, uh, as we saw in September. But that doesn't mean that condos declined. In fact, um, compared to last year, condo sales were up 36% in September. And compared to the 10-year average, uh, they're 53% higher. And so I think what happens, what we don't want to conflate is um, the relative performance of the condo market against the ground-oriented market with the absolute performance of the condo market, which when you look at it is, um, I don't want to say it's good because for you know, increasing sales and, and prices for some is good and for others you know, represents a challenge, but it's a very, very active market. Um, no matter which way you know we look at the data, right? So that that real that kernel of that insight then is that you know look at the ten year average and how September performed against the ten year average that fifty three percent higher. Absolutely, I mean it's a very it's in that in that context um, you could almost frame it as an atypical September because sales were so robust. We had twenty one hundred condo sales in September, which was the highest or the most in any September in history, and it was the most in any month uh, going back to October twenty seventeen. So a three year span. So, I mean, I think really what it, what it illustrates is that certainly for some buyers um, at the margin, given our you know, broader um, you know, social and health circumstances, are looking for more space and differently demise space because they need some separation from family uh, for personal reasons or for work reasons because they're working at home more. But I think um, more broadly than that, what we're seeing is um, purchasers looking to find a home that works for them now, whether that is a detached home or a townhome or a condo. I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing um, sales counts rise for all home types at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. I mean, for if we break it down by submarket and the Vancouver region, so the real estate board of Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board, there's only four sub areas of the 26 that are down on a year over year basis in terms of condo sales. You know, those remaining 22 submarkets are all up uh, in terms of sales counts uh, year over year for condos. Um, and, you know, further to that, if we look uh, at downtown Vancouver, which is obviously a condo driven market, those sales counts are right at the long run average and 16% above September of 2019. Okay, wow. So... But when I also wanted to just uh, touch in some of the, 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 the numbers on or the pattern and on pre-sale, um, I heard a quote this week uh, that the, uh, the plural of anecdote is not data. Um, so I wanted to get the data true story from you because certainly the anecdote has been, you know, it's been a bit slower in pre-sale. And I think that the, the risk is that headline about all of this ground-oriented multi and single family uh, sales activity, once again, stealing the show from condos. But we're seeing something in, in, in pre-sale condos that I think is worthy of uh, acknowledging the data on uh, in terms of activity through the year. So maybe tell us uh, quarter by quarter what things have, ha- have been like so far. Yeah, so I'd just like to give a shout out to Urban Analytics for you know um, providing us with some of the data here. Um, and we definitely saw a, a robust Q1 2020 in terms of pre-sales when we're just looking at concrete and, and wood frame product. And uh, there was a lot of launches. There seemed to be a lot of activity coming into in, coming into the beginning of 2020, and we saw that with close to 2,000 pre-sales, um, you know, between concrete and wood frame. Um, and that kind of dropped off uh, in Q2 2020 as COVID hit and um, you know restrictions came into place. We're seeing that kind of recover here in Q3 2020. Um, it's up about 50% um, compared to Q2, but still below um, Q1. But it's 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 we're kind of seeing a little bit of a U-shaped recovery in terms of that uh, that pre-sale uh, market side of things. Yeah. 
Well, that's really interesting. I think, I think, um, you know, there, we're certainly noticing on the project sales side uh, that there's been a lot more activity and it's been really varied across product types, across sub markets. Um, all of our projects are, are, are seeing a lot more activity and a lot more action. So, you know, once again, it's that the headline is sort of drowning out some of those, some of those little stories as well. For sure. And when, you know, we look at Q1, there was a ton of launches, ton more activity, Whereas, you know, here in Q3, there was definitely not, you know, as many launches as there were uh, previously. So that plays into it. Maybe some standing inventory. Yeah. So a lot of that jump then is in, is in that unsold inventory. It's not necessarily because there's been more launches and we certainly, you know, are, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff that's in the pipeline that's, that's, that's going to be coming out through the, the end of this year and certainly into next. So it'll be interesting to see how that's absorbed by the, the, the demand that's in the market. Um, and certainly that's, that's, that's come through on the other side of COVID. For sure. Why don't we get into um, our uh, third insight, and um, and and then that is that you know home prices are are rising rapidly, and this is not an alarmist statement necessarily. Um, it doesn't bode well for affordability in some markets. Uh, there is opportunity out there, but but let's talk about it on the whole. Uh, about, so to, so Ryan, why don't you help us get into some of that uh, pr- price uh, information? In an upcoming uh, episode of our Rennie podcast, we do discuss the importance of supply and demand um, within our housing marketplace. And certainly the rising prices that we're seeing now are a function of both this surge in sales activity that we've talked so much about, but also something that's getting overlooked now is the constraints on inventory. So there's the lack of supply that we see, generally speaking, across all product types. And I think really this comes back to, you know, the unique conditions that we're currently um, experiencing. Typically in a recession, we see a loss of jobs and incomes. So that reduces the demand side of things. People aren't looking to purchase homes when they're out of work. Um, And often in those conditions, we will see an increase in the number of listings because people are unable to continue to afford their home, their mortgage. this downturn has been quite different because we had this unprecedented response on the part of the Bank of Canada and various levels of government to support businesses and households through what is ultimately a you know transitory um, period. Um, and so we aren't seeing that increase in supply that we normally see when you know we have an unemployment rate that's around ten percent. And because households are still still have some level of income, and in fact, I mean the. the Unfortunately, the, the, the people that have been hurt the most by this downturn are um, not the typical home buyer because they are younger part-time workers. Um, they're just not in that stage of the life cycle yet where they're very active in the housing market. And so as a result, we haven't seen, as I say, an increase in supply. We have all this demand and the result is that prices are increasing now faster than we've seen in almost three years. And this is for all product types. We're seeing double digit increases north of the Fraser River and south of the Fraser River in on a year over year basis in detached. And we're seeing between three and 6% increases in um, median condo and townhome. So there's a big part there where, uh, where, where you know, I, I've talked about the, vol- uh, the, 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 the loudness of this headline. But one of the results of all of this sales activity is that it does play into that the simple mechanics of supply and demand, right? And all this, all these buyers uh, don't have 
sellers to match. So we are seeing that, that, that constrained inventory uh, driving prices up. Absolutely. And I, this is where the importance of supply becomes very, very impor- um, um, clear. So, you know, whether we're talking about supply in the resale market, and that, that really is just the willingness of existing homeowners to list their, make it available for purchase, but it also relates to um, new homes. But what we're seeing in the market right now is, in a sense, a little bit of foreshadowing for the new home market going forward because we have seen a reduction in construction activity. We've mm-hmm. seen fewer, as Bowen noted, fewer um, new projects um, launch and yeah. be made available for purchase. And so while we don't feel that right now, because those those homes are not being built and they're not ready for occupancy right now, that is something that in two to three years is going to have an impact on our market. So again, just to underscore the importance of, you know, through good economic conditions and bad, you know, doing what we can collectively to ensure that there is a um, consistent supply of demand will help to mitigate these situations where we have periods of, of high uh, prices or rather rising prices mm-hmm. um, like we're seeing now. And, and, and certainly, you know, there, we could be facing, so you're, what, what you're predicting is that we're still going to see constrained supply due to lack of lack of starts and lack of project pro- projects launching but we could also see that demand come off because of some of those stimulus measures coming coming out there are so many things at play absolutely so we've seen a reduction in migration to bc from other parts of canada we've also seen a reduction in immigration that's starting to recover now so that's the demand side of the market. What we're watching on the supply side um, in the very near term is the response of households and current homeowners to the closing of the mortgage deferral window. So those are programs by the bank so that you can defer your mortgage payments for a period of, of six months if you qualify. Correct. And, yeah. and exactly. So across Canada, many households, um, I, th- I think the number was around 15% of uh, those with a mortgage opted into that program where they you know, were able to take a payment holiday for a few months. Those payments have started to resume. And I think a lot of market watchers were wondering, well, what impact is that going to have on supply if when they start to, when, they, when homeowners need to resume payments, they are unable to mm-hmm. and therefore must sell. To date, um, the reports back from CMHC um, and the big banks is that the vast, vast majority of homeowners have resumed payments without issue. And so we're seeing the number of deferred mortgages on the books reduce month after month. So if that continues through the fall, probably not a big impact on supply, but it has the potential to uh, increase the number of available homes as we turn the corner into 2021. The other factor at play is interest rates, of course, which, as we've mentioned, are at historic lows. I bang the drum all the time about how interest rates are expected to be low for a long time. That was in the pre-COVID era. Now that we're in the COVID area and we have a coordination of an approach to buttressing the economy and the finances of households by levels of government, various levels of government and the Bank of Canada, the expectation is that interest rates will not appreciably move up for another three years at least, mm-hmm. which means that for buyers today, there's a there's, with all this uncertainty around us, there is some certainty perhaps on the interest rate front. And if you're a pre-sale buyer right now, you might have more certainty around interest rates than than any of your predecessors. Um, as you sign a contract today and take possession of a home in three years, you're very, very likely to be facing similar interest rates then as you are now. So all of Canada's big banks have, have, have signaled that's the, that's the direction they're going to go in. 
They tend to follow what the Bank of Canada leads with. Right. The Bank of Canada has indicated that they will uh, actively look to suppress interest rates. And so that should flow through, all else being equal, as economists say, to, <laughs> to the, the big rates. banks and to the retail rates. Yeah, Understood. Now, for our listeners, Rennie Intelligence publishes two monthly publications. There's the Rennie Advance, which comes out as soon as the numbers are published. And, um, you know, Bowen is uh, is frantically uh, uh, pushing these out to the team to say, get them up, get them up, get them up. Um, and so that we can get those numbers that are gathered throughout the month and then and then finalized uh, uh, in the first couple days of the month. And you can sign up to receive those uh, on the intelligence section of Rennie.com. And what we talked about today is these insights that we've talked about are really after reflecting on the numbers and digging a little bit down deeper we published something called the Rennie Review. And the Rennie Review is uh, gleaning insights from the data uh, after you've had a chance to absorb it and what it means for the micro markets. Bowen also talked about um, many of the micro markets. If you want to know what's happening in your neighborhood or some of the neighborhoods you may be interested in moving to or watching, you can go into uh, go into Rennie.com and create an account and you'll be able to go into those neighborhood pages in the neighborhood section and be able to see uh, where the data is going on a monthly basis, which is uh, very interesting because there's a whole variety of stories being told by product type and neighborhood. Thank you guys for, uh, for 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 coming in. It's been a it's been an interesting chat, a real action packed month for sure, and it's great to get some of the the, the stories behind the headline uh, and some of that context. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Peter. Yeah, you bet. Teamwork always, even in your harmonizing on your on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try some. We'll try singing the insights next month. Great. The Rennie Podcast is a Rennie production. It's recorded on the unceded territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. I'm Peter Edmonds. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.